You're about to enter the most electrifying NFL talk show you have ever experienced. From up-to-the-minute news and notes to... <sighs> Who am I kidding? It's a wrap. Let's try this again. It's the After Further Review Podcast with Connor Forrest. Want to get involved? Send us an email to mailbag at connorforrest.com. For your questions to be read on air. Johnny, I, I remember there was a time in my existence when the Pro Bowl used to be something. Like, I, I remember when the Pro Bowl was a game we actually, like, watched. I actually looked forward to. Now, it's a... It's a I don't know. It's a, it's a very easy thing that every year we come back and just crap on the Pro Bowl. But, dude, how bad was the Pro Bowl this year? I mean, how, like... <laughs> on I mean I can I can I watched about six plays of the Pro Bowl and I went straight to golf and then straight to the Olympics and I just said you know what it's done I'm not even gonna upset myself anymore like Anna walked down and literally said hey is the Pro Bowl on like what are you doing I went it is on so why aren't you watching it I went, I'm watching golf I, I I'm I'm watching anything <laughs> else I will watch the paint on my wall. Did you watch any of it? No. I saw the two-hand touch, and that, that's enough for me not to watch it. Dude, I mean, honestly, and I, I asked this on I asked this on Twitter, and I, I requin- thankfully I didn't get any shtick responses, but I, I, I meant this, seriously. Like, what is the fix for the Pro Bowl? Is it not completely to, it. to just get rid of it? Yeah, I mean, and at a point, it just feels like... It's tough because, listen, I get these guys don't want to get hurt, right? It's football, man. Like, I'm sorry. Like, this is football. Like, I, I'm not asking you guys to go Sean Taylor hit a punter. Like, I'm – like, play. Like, and if, if we're not going to do this, let's stop wasting our time. Because the problem is, is what's happening is that I have long thought that the Pro Bowl is, has become a popularity contest, right? It very, very seldom does it honestly fully reflect the best of the best because most of the best of the best players end up being in the Super Bowl and they're not even playing. And the guys are opting out for – they're going into contract years and they don't want to get hurt. So you start having third, fourth string Pro Bowl guys that are playing in the Pro Bowl that, you know, and they have Pro Bowls on their ledger that just probably don't belong there at all. But it's just there, there comes a point to where it's like, I get why the NFL does this, right? The the Pro Bowl, even in its worst setting, is going to beat anything else on TV ratings wise. Honestly, it will. The NFL always does. I mean, even a random Jaguars Dolphins game on a Thursday night beats just about anything primetime around the nation. 
But gosh, I mean, how on earth can you possibly watch the Pro Bowl if you're the NFL, if you're the commissioner, if you're anybody involved in the league and feel like, yeah, this is this is something I want to put out there? I mean, the two-hand touch was just so embarrassing. But beyond that, <laughs> that conversation, I, I, I really genuinely wonder, where do we go from here? I mean, you can't – I mean, I they did – they had this weird celebrity coaches coming in. It was – remember, I think it was Deion Sanders and it was – uh, Michael Irving or, or whoever it was, they had this this weird combo of guys, and they were drafting different players, and they they tried making it something interesting, and it just that didn't work either. And the skills contest is just it's 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 fun, it's fun to watch, but gosh, does does the Pro Bowl feel like we are so far removed from what it used to be? And in a sense, it really is kind of starting to bleed down the value of even being a Pro Bowler, uh, because the Pro Bowl itself is just so embarrassing. I don't know, Shawnee. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Well, you remember the days when the MLB All-Star game used to actually decide who the home team was in yeah. that World Series? Yeah. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they've since gotten rid of that because, you know, you'd have these, like, five-seed teams playing these one-seed teams, and right. the one-seed teams would be like, hey, you know, just because we're in the National League doesn't mean we shouldn't Give have home, home field, field advantage, advantage exactly. because the AL – yeah, so maybe, but again, the Super Bowl is at a neutral site, so I, I really don't know what you can do to fix it. I don't like it. I don't think the players like it. I think no. if you keep like the skills contest at the beginning of like the Pro Bowl week or weekend, whatever they call it, uh, where there's like you know some of that stuff's fun, like the quarterbacks trying to throw it the furthest and be the most accurate, and the receivers doing like these cool like diving catches on like uh, stunt. Uh, uh, platforms or whatever you call them. Uh, I think Stefan Diggs was doing some of that. Right. Um, th- that stuff's fun. But the game itself is just stupid. Shawnee, just make it and flag football. Like, that's what it was. Or ma- yeah, make, make it, it a seven-on-seven seven flag yeah. football tournament. Like, I don't know why why we're, we're still doing what we're doing. Like, watching grown men, like these these athletes that you know are just the absolute best of the best. It's tough because it's the same thing a little bit in, in the NHL where I, I kind of like their format, to be honest with you. I know a lot of people don't, but yeah, I like their format. Yeah, it's fun. I, I really like that format. Um, but, you know, you see them half skating. They're not really trying very hard. The NBA All-Star Game is a joke. Um, it, <laughs> the, no one really cares at all there. The dunk contest is basically the only thing that anyone really cares about. I mean, the three-point contest is fun, but... I think the only all-star game in major league sports in the big leagues that really does reflect the sport is is the all-star game in baseball. But it's just, dude, make it a flag football tournament like, and, and call mm-hmm. it a day. Like, because if, if, if you're going to ask these guys to pad up and get out there and warm up and actually have plays and practices and stuff like that, and, and you know, they're, they're literally two-hand touching each other, like, when was that even a rule? Like, like if like, – they, they were just blowing plays dead. It's like, wait, this is not two-hand touch. Like, it's not two-hand touch. But it became two-hand touch, and the refs were just blowing the play dead. And it's like, either make it two-hand touch and announce it, and everyone take their pads off and put flags around their belts, or play football. I, I, I don't I don't get it. it. It was very awkward and uncomfortable, and it just was it was embarrassing because I do remember a point when I was growing up where, where the Pro Bowl was actually fun to watch. Again, Siri just continues, continues to want to interject herself. Like, she has no other thing to do with her life. Can't stand it. But welcome in, everybody. Again, uh, the introductions to the show, Shawnee, I, I t- they're just getting deeper and deeper into the episode. I think by the time this podcast hits the, you know, the year anniversary, I as we're coming up on our year anniversary, uh, I, I think our, our introductions are, are probably going to start bordering 
our playout songs, but it's great to have everybody back. It's Super Bowl week, baby. It's Super Bowl week. So welcome in. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Shawnee Olette, my executive producer, is on the other end of the microphone. Shawnee boy, how the hell are you, buddy? This is the week we've all been waiting for. All been waiting for, my guy. It's so exciting. So super, super pumped. This is our Super Bowl episode. So we're not going to get into anything but Super Bowl related because there's just there's so much stuff going on in the NFL. There's so much noise, and it's so easy to, to for this podcast to become a three-hour podcast. But we'll get into all the other stuff down the line. We'll get into all the other good stuff as time progresses. But this is our Super Bowl episode. We're going to break down everything you need to know about the Super Bowl. We've got a fun little segment of this or that. We've got some big things to watch. We have our bold predictions. We have our strengths and weaknesses. We're, we're going to go into everything with the Super Bowl. And most importantly, we give you all of our game picks at the very end of it. We're going to put on social media the end of this. You'll uh, be able to engage with us. We'll put out our poll. You guys can make your picks as well. And give us some bold predictions. We'll put that out as well. We'll put in some bold predictions for everybody. Um, and we want to hear where you guys are and um, what you guys think. But, again, thank you so much for joining us wherever you are. Shawnee, Super Bowl Sunday, my friend. I mean, it's so funny because mm-hmm. this year we, we we have talked about this over the course of the season. And I specifically said this going into the playoffs and, and towards the end of the season. Football is the ultimate it, it, this is not the NBA. This is what makes the NFL so amazing. The NFL is not the NBA. Any given Sunday. Really, that's saying any given Sunday anything can happen. That's what football is. And you've got those dynasties like the Belichick-Brady dynasties that just don't die, right? For years and years and years they go on. And Tom Brady even going down to Tampa and finding success, winning a Super Bowl. You know, you've got the guys like the the Roethlisberger and, and Mike Tomlin and, and the Peyton Mannings out there. And the guys that are just – they're just staples, uh, in the league and, and in the Super Bowl, you just you just feel like every year we see them, especially in recent years. But the best part about football is that really you can go from worst to first so fast. And I mean, this year, this Super Bowl specifically is a reflection on that. Right, the Bengals coming into this year, uh, I said at one point in this podcast that Zach Taylor was on the hot seat. Uh, that Joe Burrow could he come back from his injury? Were the Bengals a team that were even competitive? Was their defense good enough? They passed up on Penny Sewell in the draft to, to shore up their offensive line, and they went and got Jamar Chase. Was that a mistake? No, it was not a mistake, right? But this is all these conversations we had coming into the year. We, we had no idea what the Bengals were going to be. Were they a playoff team? Were they a wild card team? Were they a fringe team? Who knows? Um, I mean, who would have seen that coming? And then we knew coming in that the Rams were going to be a Super Bowl favorite, right? We knew that they were going to be a team to be reckoned with in the NFC that big offensive uh, addition with Matt Stafford in the offseason, you, you finally move on from Jared Goff. You feel like he was holding back that offense, and you you make midseason acquisitions. You, you dole out your draft capital to go all in. And both of these teams approach this game, Shawnee, with, I mean, this game to me is a coin flip. It really is in a lot of ways. But both of these teams come into the Super Bowl on such different paths. They, they really do. They come in from totally different angles. And it's the best part about football, where one team decides, forget the draft, forget everything. We are going all in. We are doling out money to high, big-name free agents. We're making big trades. We are blowing out our cap space because the winning for here and now, that's what they're there for. And Sean McVay's been here before, and the Rams have been there before. And they do not want to leave their second Super Bowl under Sean McVay 
with a loss. So they went in all in on the season. And then the Bengals just came in, like I said, with all these question marks. What could Joe Burrow be? A you know, former first overall pick. What was he going to turn into? And it's just amazing to see the different angles in which you can attack success in football. Now, let's be clear. There, there is a formula in football to win, and it starts with the haves and have-nots, right? You can separate the have and have-nots in football with the quarterback position. But really, any other way you look around on how you construct an offensive line, how you construct a defense, how you construct uh, wide receivers, your, your running back room, where you go from there, it's it, you can go 100 different directions. And both the Rams and the Bengals both have taken different approaches at this, which makes this Super Bowl so, so exciting. So we're going to start with some strengths and weaknesses of both these teams. So we're going to get into I have three strengths, three weaknesses for both teams. And, Sean, I'll go through the strengths and weaknesses one by one. I'll pitch to you. I don't think you made a list. I made a list here, but you add what you think, and you can ask me questions. You can say I'm wrong. You can add your own Whatever it is, it's a, this is a freelance. We're just kind of going to shoot from the hip. But Sounds we're going to go through these strengths and weaknesses just so we get everybody kind of up to speed on where we're at. Let's start with the Bengals. So what are some of these strengths for the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that last year was bad, a team that the year before that was the worst team in football and picked first overall? Like, How did they get here? What are some of the strengths? I think the first strength, Sean, I just wrote down offensive magic. They just have offensive magic. I mean, Joe Burrow is a franchise guy, and he's proven that he showed signs of it year one before he got hurt, and year two is just completely taking the league by storm. You decide, again, to pass up on Penny Sewell, and you you go for Jamar Chase, who he might be the best receiver in football. I think if Cooper Cup did not exist, I, I think he's the best receiver in football. And that's remarkable to say that for a rookie, considering a guy like Justin Jefferson had the rookie year he had Last year, and you know, you still got guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham is still running routes really strong, and Devontae Adams is in this league. I mean, you just go through the list of receivers. They just have offensive magic, and they gel so well together. The other strength, number two, is just Joe Burrow. He's just a gamer. He moves in the pocket so well. He's been taking hit after hit this season. He took a lot of hits his rookie season, but he's not afraid. He's not afraid. And I think... That leads me right into number three, is the wave of confidence that Joe Burrow and the Bengals bring to the Super Bowl is overwhelming. It's honestly, it is an, to me, it's enough for them to win. It's just the, the moxie that they play with and, and, and the attitude that Joe Burrow brings. Joe Burrow's not a Johnny Manziel. He's not even a Baker Mayfield. He, he's got just the perfect amount of confidence, the perfect amount of cockiness, and the perfect amount of, of just gamesmanship and, and, and ability and just pride in his team that he brings his locker room together. He's got just the right amount of everything that kind of brings it all together. And it's rubbing off onto the team, man. I mean, it really, really is, and you can see it in the way they play in this Magic Carpet ride. And it was most apparent in Arrowhead with their heels against the wall, and they just punched themselves right out of a corner against the class of the AFC in Kansas City. Let's go to some weaknesses. I think three Bengals weaknesses that I think are going to, could at least, I don't know, it could cause a problem for them. I think they're the most likely to cause a problem, but you never know. I think one is their offensive line. I think the downside of obviously now, you, you going back on that draft, you don't change a thing. You go for Jamar Chase, 
you pass up on Penny Sewell. But passing up on Penny Sewell highlights a little bit of the struggles they've had on the offensive line. And Joe Burrow's been facing a lot of pressure. He's been facing pressure throughout the entire playoffs and, and really through the better part of this year. So that's one weakness for them. The defensive ability to rush the passer is number two for me. They haven't really been able to get after the passer. They did so uh, a little bit against uh, Tennessee, and um, they were able to bring some heat towards the end of the game against Patrick Mahomes. But I think their ability to rush the passer has been a bit of a weakness for them. And I think that they're having to compensate by bringing a lot of blitz packages, which puts a little bit of pressure on their secondary. So I think that's a weakness for them. And then I think the third weakness is just kind of a question. Is the scene too big for them? Is the scene too big for the Bengals? Is this a situation where this is new waters? They're in the Super Bowl. Now this is the biggest stage. You're talking international stage. I mean, the world will be watching. Is the best of the Bengals going to come out? Are there going to be nerves? Is Zach Taylor going to coach his perfect game? Is is Joe Burrow, is he going to be ready for the moment? Will Jamar Chase show up? I don't know. These are all really young guys in their given positions, and this is a humongous deal. So is the moment too big for them? Now, I guess you could turn it back on me and say, hey, Connor, what was the third thing you said was their strength? The wave of confidence. I don't know. What is it? What's it going to be? It's a, Really, that's why I say it's a flip of the coin. What Bengals team shows up? Let me, let me ask you this, Connor. Sure. Uh, Joe Burrow has experience on the spotlight. Obviously, national championship down at LSU. Right. Do you think that's a factor in this game? Kind of the I've been here, done that type mentality. I mean, in a sense, it, I think it, it has to be, right? I think it has to be. And that's the big, gigantic thing with not only just ability, but when you come out of a major school in the SEC, when you come out of an Alabama, an LSU, I mean, in the Big Ten with Ohio State, these big schools that are on the national scene, the national championship game is is as big of a thing in in, in the sports world as anything professionally. Um, maybe not quite the NFL, but I mean, it's as big as anything. So yeah, that's a great that's a great thing to bring up. Is it, hey, people would say, hey, Connor, this guy's been here before. He's a national champion. And by the way, he didn't do it too long ago. Like he's only been in the league for two years now, so didn't do it too long ago. So yeah, you're right. Those big moments, but again, I'll always go back to it's just different. The pros are different. You're, you're dealing with an unparalleled level of talent. You're dealing with a, just a complete other level of talent. But I'll tell you this much, man. I think that game in Arrowhead showed. I, I think that took any doubt away from his ability to step up on a big stage and his ability to perform. The question is going to be for me is is are the guys around him going to do it? You're you're not going up against a Chiefs defensive pass rush that only really started getting the gears turning in the second half of the season. You're going up against probably the best player in football with Aaron Donald. How are you going to maneuver that pocket? How are you going to work your offensive scheme around that? Because there's a certain level of it's not high school football. When you're playing against a great defensive player in high school football, you can kind of just scramble around. When you're playing against a d- disruptive defensive player in college football, for the most part, you, you can probably scramble around. There's a little bit more schematics to it. But in the big leagues, in the National Football League, when your offensive line is getting dominated, your game plan changes. It just does. It's timing routes. It's getting swing routes. It's getting your running back involved out of the backfield on swing passes. It's, it's quick routes. It's, it's not long developing plays anymore. I don't know. How does that change? But it's a great point. I mean, this guy is a national champion. He's a national champion. He's done it on a big stage.
Is there anything else in terms of the Bengals that I'm missing, Sean, or that you want to add? Not that I can think of. I just I, when you mentioned the confidence, and then you went mentioned the stage, and if the stage was going to be too big, I just want to know what your thoughts were on that. Uh, you know, Ben here done that kind of mentality with Joe Burrow mm. uh, playing at LSU, um, and I think you answered that quite well. So I, I'd love to hear what you have for the Rams. Yeah. So Rams strengths and weaknesses are are I mean the the strengths I could go on forever with the Rams um, because to me, like I said, you take the the Buccaneers out of the picture. The Rams, to me, were the best team in, in the NFC for the better part of this year. And Their first strength is just they just have playmakers everywhere. I mean, in their secondary, on their defensive line, the receivers, the offensive line. I mean, literally, their their punter. I mean, it's like they, they just have playmakers everywhere. It's Von Miller coming in in the middle of the season and being an immediate impact guy. Odell Beckham getting his career right back on track. By the way, you have probably the best receiver in football with Cooper Cup. Jalen Ramsey's playing unbelievable football. Aaron Donald's probably the best player in football. You just have playmakers everywhere. Everywhere you look, the Rams are as elite as it gets. Um, and then going into that second part, it's experience. These guys have, have you know, this team has been led by Sean McVay, now different players, albeit, to the Super Bowl before. Von Miller's a Super Bowl MVP. Aaron Donald's been to a Super Bowl before. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's been in this league for a while. Matt Stafford is a veteran in this league. Um, Odell Beckham is a veteran in this league. You've got guys in that locker room that are veteran presence. They've been around. They have experience. Sean McVay's coached in a Super Bowl before. So all of these things, I think, coming together, where you've got playmakers everywhere and you've got experience, That that is that's immeasurable. I mean, that's absolutely measurable, especially when you're going up against a younger, inexperienced team. An experienced franchise as well. I mean, a franchise that really doesn't have many traces of Super Bowl, you know, victories, recent ones anywhere. Uh, Aaron Donald. I mean, he's just again, like I said, he's the best player in football. I mean, that that is a strength in and of itself. That you've got probably the tool that any other team would take from you in the middle of the night if they could. Aaron Donald's just unbelievably disruptive, and I think he's going to feast a little bit on this offensive line from the Bengals. So how they adjust to that. We'll see. But, I mean, you've got Aaron Donald. Uh, I mean, Von Miller off the outside. I mean, it's just it, – it doesn't end. It doesn't end. Playmakers everywhere, and you've got the best player in football. Let's go to the weaknesses. Matt Stafford does have untimely turnovers. And if they're not untimely turnovers, they're untimely throws. You saw this against the 49ers with uh, Jaquesky Tart with his dropped interception. That just should have been an interception. That's just what it was. Matt Stafford just has two or three of these games where you're like, dude, what are you doing? You're throwing a Hail Mary ball. You're throwing an arm punt. Uh, you're, you're falling backwards, and, and you're doing something ridiculous. That is something that Matt Stafford has got to get out of his game. If it's for one game, it's got to be this Sunday. I think that's a weakness there, Matt Stafford's untimely turnovers. He's an unbelievable quarterback. I think he's just I, – I, any team in the league would want him as a starting quarterback. But those are – those are killers. And if the Bengals are opportunistic and if they can win this turnover battle on Sunday, whatever that might be, it's. I, I think that's a path for the Bengals to get to their first Super Bowl since 1988. The hot and cold streak with the Rams. They are a team that you can see them over the course. This is not even over the course of the season because we've seen that a little bit. Or the course of the playoffs. It's over the course of a game. Like, you'll see the Rams go from, we watched it, you know, in Tampa Bay. 
taking a humongous lead where you felt like, oh my gosh, they're about to curb stomp Tom Brady right into retirement. And they just couldn't stop yakking all over themselves. I mean, it was almost one of the biggest chokes I've ever seen. It was it was fumbling. It was weird clock management. It was terrible coaching from Sean McVay. It was bad throws. It was bad decisions. I mean, just all over the place. Missed opportunities. And we've seen that. We saw them start very slow against the 49ers, um, who blew their own lead. So what... How are they going to control that? A hot and cold streak. I mean, look look at what the Chiefs... I mean, the Bengals are coming off of a humongous comeback as well. Um, so they're a team that when they're hot, they're very hard to stop. And we've seen the Rams cool down before. Um, and not, uh, not in the so distant past, we've seen it either. And then my question for the Rams is, will the pressure be too much? Like we said for the Bengals, is the scene too big for them? On the other side, will the pressure be too much for the Rams? Like this is a team that is invested every single dime they have i mean talk about we talk about a diverse investment portfolio right a little bit of stocks a little bit in bonds maybe some precious metals we'll put some into real estate we'll put some into just savings we'll put some tied behind our toilet bowl we just got to get all our money everywhere and try to see which sticks the Rams said i'm putting every single nickel i have i'm tossing it right into the season it's draft picks it's money it's everything because I think they understand that the clock is ticking for them. This is now Sean McVay's second trip. You know, when you start going through the list, these guys are, they with veteran presence just comes age. And that clock is ticking. And I think the Rams understand this is our path to victory, is going out, getting these guys, fitting them into a good scheme, getting a good quarterback to build around. And they've done that. So they're 99% of the way there. Can they just get across the finish line? Or will the pressure be too much? Because there is a lot riding on this. If they come out of this, their second Super Bowl under Sean McVay at 0-2 with the talent they have, I think there's going to be a lot of question marks. There's going to be a lot of question marks. And there's not much wiggle room going into the offseason with your cap situation and the lack of draft capital and the expiring contracts coming up. So will the pressure be too much? I don't know. Sean, am I missing anything on the Rams? Weaknesses, strengths, any questions? I'm, I'm going to come back to the question that I asked about Joe Burrow, and I'm going to ask you that about Matthew Stafford. He spent 12 years in Detroit. I What, did he make the playoffs once maybe, Connor? I think so. Twice? Yeah. Well, I, I know that they played Seattle at least once in the playoffs. He's not used to this stage, whereas Joe Burrow is in a college sense. Do you think that this stage is going to be too much for Matthew Stafford? He, he's not used to the Super Bowl. He's not used to going deep into playoffs. He Frankly, he's not even used to having a good team. What do you think? I, I can't... Imagine that's the case. I think when, when you're in football long enough, I think it you become comfortable with the rhythm. And I, I, I do think that there is just an aspect of, again, college football and NFL, they're just so different. The speeds are different. The talent mm-hmm. level is different. The, the skill set is different. The athleticism is totally different. So a big stage in college, uh, in a media sense, might translate to the NFL. But – these guys are giving it all they have. So Joe Burrow is going to see an energy level on that field that he hasn't seen. And with guys that are physically capable of things that he hasn't really played against yet. This, I think, is going to be his tallest task already, just two years into the season for Joe Burrow. But for Matt Stafford, I, I think he understands the pace of football. He's been around. I mean, this is a guy who's played football for more than a decade in the professional level. And I, he's played with some good players, but I don't think he's played on a cohesive team quite like this before. And I know that's an obvious thing to say after spending more than a decade in Detroit. But this is a cohesive team that I think is going to just be enough for him. I really do. 
And I think that's going to compensate from the fact that he hasn't been there before. Right. Uh, did anyone really question Aaron Rodgers when he went into his first Super Bowl? Like, hey, he hasn't been here before. Is he capable of doing this? Like, no, because he's just so good. Now, is Matt Stafford and Aaron Rodgers? No. But he has a cast around him that has made him a very, very productive NFL quarterback. So I don't think the stage is going to be too much for Matt Stafford. Now, is his Kirk Cousins-esque bad throws, is, is that going to come into play? Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be because of the pressure. I think it's probably going to be a factor because that's kind of what Matt Stafford does. I do think, though, that the pressure aspect of things, I think that might affect Sean McVay in some ways. And I think I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, I'll get into that a little bit later. But I do think if there is anybody that's going to be affected most by the pressure, it's going to be Sean McVay. All righty. There it is, Connor. So those are your uh, kind of big things to watch uh, on, on both sides. They're not big things to watch. Uh, and just strengths and weaknesses, of, uh, right? Your, your overall synopsis. Negatives, positives. Right? That's, that's your yeah. – so if you are listening to this and you have not paid much attention and you're just listening to this because, oh, whatever, let's put this on, that's your synopsis, right? You'll know a couple of those things going into the game, a couple of things to watch. Now, I have one big thing. Sean, mm-hmm. you have one big thing to watch for this game. I'm going to let you go first, yeah. and then I'll go second. All right. My big thing that we're going to watch, the right now, this uh, what do they call it, Connor? The spread. We were, we were having a conversation right before uh, we came live trying to figure out what betting terms mean. Oh, um, God have mercy. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I'm sorry. It's not the spread. It's the favorited to win by. Uh, right now, the Rams – just based in Vegas are favored to win by three and a half points. That means Connor and I've, before I even knew that number, this is how I felt. I think this game comes down to a field goal mm. or to maybe two field goals at, at different points in the game. I really, really am going to be watching the special teams because I do see this team, this game coming down three, six, you know, seven point, whatever it may be. Maybe it's a missed extra point. Maybe it's a block punt. We've seen that come into play this playoffs. Um, I'm going to be looking at the special teams, in particular the place kickers. Let's see if uh, if there's a missed kick or a missed opportunity to take a kick uh, to where at the end of the game you go, oh, if only we had made that, we would have been going into overtime or, oh, we would have had the win. So I, I think with it being such a narrow uh, margin of victory either way, according to Vegas, I really think the kickers are going to be a big factor. What I do you like think, that. Connor? What's your big one big thing to watch? Yeah, I really like that. So my, my one big thing goes into a little bit of, of what we were talking about with the pressure. And I, I think my one big thing to watch is going to be coaching tactics here. How conservative – or aggressive is Sean McVay going to be on this on this stage? Now we've seen time mismanagement from Sean McVay in this playoff. We've seen time mismanagement from Zach Taylor in these playoffs. So what exactly, in terms of time management, how is the pressure going to affect these guys' tactics? Sean McVay has a little bit of a rap, kind of like Kyle Shanahan. They come from similar schools of thought of being a little bit too conservative. Uh, especially towards the ends of the game where, where maybe they have a lead and they're running the ball and they're not passing the ball. Or maybe they're just going for it randomly on fourth downs. What what does the fourth down attempt, what does that look like? I mean, how many fourth downs are we going to go for? Are we going to do trick plays? Is If the Rams are up by 10, you know, with 13 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, what's their game plan going to look like? Keep an eye out for that stuff. Because I, I do think when you're going up against these two clashing teams of very different styles, I think a lot of times when you're talking about a game that could be decided by three points, 
coaching decisions play the biggest factor in this. How are timeouts used? Like, again, what, what does the game plan look like? That's one big thing to watch for me. Watching how these coaches maneuver this game and how is the pressure, how is the stage going to affect the decisions they make. It's going to be something interesting to watch. Um, Sean, you have a this or that little gunfire segment for us, right? I do. On little things. you yep. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. You're going to just – it's questions and it's either Rams or Bengals is the answer, correct? Yeah. Or somebody on the Rams or Bengals. Okay. It could be a specific player or coach. Good stuff. All, All right. right. You ready? Let's do this. All right. We were just talking about special teams, just talking about place kickers. Whose kicker do you like better? Is it Evan McPherson or Matt Gay? It's got to be Evan McPherson, right? Yeah, it has to be Evan McPherson. Just how he's played through these playoffs, the confidence that he plays with. I mean, gosh, it's got to be Evan McPherson there, Shawnee. All right. Not kickers. Overall special teams. Who do you like better? I'm going to go with the Bengals because, I mean, on special teams, your, your place kicker is the most important guy, right? I'm going to stick with the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you like both of the punters. You like the – Love you know, the punters. Not many block cunts. Okay. Yep. I, I just right, think at the end of the day, that's the most important <laughs> aspect of this, and the place kicker is uh, – you got to give that tick over there to the Bengals. We have seen one game this playoff, at least, that has come down to a block punt. So yeah, and always Packers important fans are collectively question. jumping into Lake Michigan as we speak. Yep. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah, All right. Uh, let's talk about quarterbacks. Big point that you were making earlier. Who's going to make the big first mistake, the deadly first mistake that could cost them the game? Who's who's it going to be? That's a really great question. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> um, I could argue either way here. Uh, I, I'm going to say Matt Stafford makes the first mistake. I think I think he'll come out firing. I think he'll come out aggressive. I if you were, if I were to be a betting man right now, I think the Bengals are going to come out pretty conservative. They're going to try to establish a run game, and I think that's something the Rams have mentioned throughout. And Sean McVay has talked about this is how he wants to establish a run early. But I do think that if they're going to come out aggressive offensively, uh, maybe it's not the first drive, maybe it's the second drive. I think Matt Stafford probably makes is the first first one to make a mistake. I, I could be wrong, but I, I'm my my head tells me that Matt Stafford's going to be the first one to make a mistake here. Now, kind of just going off that question right there, that was first mistake. Who yes. do you think overall makes more mistakes? Yeah, it's a really good one. Um, I think it's. I, I think in the end, it'll it'll probably be the Bengals that make the most mistakes. And I do think that the biggest Achilles heel for this Bengals team is going to be that offensive line. And if Aaron Donald is is coming at it, if he is if he is everything that he's been all playoffs long, I mean, it's it's going to be. I think it's going to be tough sledding for that offense um, and that offensive line specifically. I think you're going to see some strip sacks. I think you'll see Joe Burrow hurried. I think you'll see him get hit on a couple throws. Maybe a ball gets tipped up. I think the Bengals probably make the more mistakes here. Okay. Uh, Same with quarterbacks. Who has more yards? I think Matt Stafford has more yards. He just has has a, a handful more weapons to spread the ball around you. This is not saying the Bengals don't have weapons, but you just go around that offense, whether it's Cooper Cup, whether it's Odell Beckham Jr., it doesn't matter. He just has weapons all over the field. So I think the answer to that is going to be Matt Stafford. All righty. Let's talk about the receivers for our next question. Who's going to be more effective, Cooper Cup or Jamar Chase? I think Cooper Cup's going to be more effective just because he's got that counterpart. 
in Odell Beckham, right? I think I think because of that counterpart, it's just going to make everything that much easier. Now, Van Jefferson, example. I mean, he's another guy who has played really, really well um, this entire playoffs. I mean, all season long. But uh, to me, I think uh, I, I just with the amount with the numbers on the field, and Odell Beckham is obviously going to attract some attention. Cooper Cup has been just absolutely amazing. All right, so you're going with Cooper Cup. I know. Yeah, I, know I have to go with Cooper Cup. His, uh, I love you him so go with much. Him. Yeah, you, you got him on your uh, on your fantasy team. I know that. So he's you, just you're a real big fan of him. He's just my favorite guy ever. I just I just want to kiss him on the face. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and switch over to defense. Uh, who wins the turnover battle? Bengals, Rams. I think I think in at the end the Rams will. I think it, I you know Jalen Ramsey's played really well. And like I said, I, that offensive line is just my concern. And I do think okay. if Joe Burrow is under under heat and he's getting hit and the balls get knocked out of his hand or, or things are getting tipped to the line of scrimmage, I, de- I, I, I mean, and, and the Rams have been opportunistic uh, all postseason long. Could be wrong. Could be very wrong. But I'll take the Rams here. All right. Throughout the entire game, are there any defensive touchdowns? And if so, who gets it? I think if I, – I, I, I feel like all my answers have been pro-Rams here, but I think – if there is a defensive touchdown, I think it will be the Rams. Like I just, I think, okay. I think it will. Uh, you know, for all the reasons I said before, but I'll go with the Rams. All right, that's it, man. That's it for the this and that. You got any other questions you want me to ask you? I think, I think that's it, Shawnee. I think that's it. So, I mean, that that's a that's a perfect lineup of questions. But I think we're gonna slide right into our bold prediction. We have one bold prediction. Go. And then we're going to get into the overall game picks, right? So, one bold prediction. I'm going to toss mine out. And then, Shawnee, I want you to go. My bold prediction for this game is that Cooper Cup throws a pass at some point. Mm. It's a reverse. It's a jet sweep. It's something wacky. We've seen the Rams do this. Sean McVay loves being creative with offenses. I think Cooper Cup throws a pass, Shawnee. What do you have for me? I have the team that wins... At one point in the game, trails by ten or more points. Wow! So you're saying I think it's we're going to have a comeback? I think I I wow. don't see this being a team a game rather where one team gets out with a big lead and keeps it the entire time. I, like that. I really do think we're going to see a comeback. Um, I like this. A with lot. that being said, Connor, I think we're ready to make our our picks on who's going to win this Super Bowl. I am pumped up, Shawnee. I want you to go first. I want you to give the picks, and then I want you to give your score prediction. I know we don't like score predictions, but we're going to do it anyway because it's the Super Bowl. I will. Let me just read off again what Vegas has. They have the Rams favored by 3.5 points. The over-under is set at 48.5 points, which is about 24, a little over 24 points per team. Connor, before we get to the picks, are you taking the over-under? I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over. Okay. I, I would have to agree with you there. I, I think the winning team's probably going to get in the 30s uh, point-wise. Maybe the upper 20s, but I, I definitely think uh, it'll be over 48.5 points between the two squads. Yep. All right. Um, money line for the Rams is negative 200. <laughs> you should have listened to Connor and us before the podcast trying to figure out what the heck that meant. Dude, it was like uh, it was ne- like two – honestly, it, it – <laughs> <laughs> I'm try it, it would be like two model T mechanics trying to open up the hood on a Ferrari and understand it. I mean, it sounded so ridiculous. I mean, I, I, I can't even I was honestly so embarrassed. I was kinda of looking around I'm like, my wife is not down here, is she? Like I I, I, yeah, I we're not recording, are we? 
Like what? This, 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 no, this, this is exactly why we don't gamble. Yeah, it's it's exactly <laughs> why we don't. Now, every time I listen to any sports talk, any any sports talk now is just it's all about gambling. Now, I respect it, and I know a lot of our listeners and a lot of people enjoy it. I just don't dabble in it. So when I start getting into the overrunner, the spreads, the money lines, of this, I'll do this parlay and this hook, and I'll die. This is a push, and this is a hook, and I'm like, what is going on? I'm so scared. Somebody help me. <laughs> so me and Sean um, trying to figure that out was was easily the most embarrassing thing uh, you'll ever hear. But the good news is none of you heard it. So that's great. That's all that matters, Sean, right? No one heard it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully hopefully I wasn't recording. Wink. Um, <laughs> all right. So the money line for the Rams is negative 200, basically meaning you would have to bet $200 to make 100 um, plus your original 200 back. Uh, money line for the Bengals is plus 165, meaning a $100 bet gets you 165 plus your original 100 back. I think. I could be wrong with that still. Uh, let me know if I am. Yeah, um, I do right. know that when you get to that 120, right, the plus or minus 120, um, mm-hmm. it's essentially a coin flip, right? Like the, the, the point spread here and the the way that, I mean, the three and a half plus or minus, I mean, that's a coin flip. I mean, and, and this is what yeah. I felt coming into this, but um, this will not be a blowout. It, this is a coin flip game, but Shawnee, I guess the big question is, what do you what do you got for us? Who do I have? Oh man, I will not be surprised if either team wins, but I'm going to pick because they're better on paper. The Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm going to pick the Rams. Better on paper, better defense, better receivers. I think probably a better quarterback, at least experience wise. And I trust them more if they're down. Like I said, I think they will be. If they're down 10 or 13 or 14 or 17 or whatever it is, I trust them more to have an explosive offense than I do the Bengals. So I'm going to go with the Rams. I will not be surprised, though, if Cincinnati wins. You got a score prediction idea? Did you uh, did you give that out? I am going to say 31 to 27. I like that. I like that. So you 31 got 27, uh... four-point win. You got the Rams. Well, Shawnee, when all is said and done, this NFL season has been absolutely crazy. But for all the reasons I I kind of spoke to earlier about the strengths and weaknesses, I'm going to go with the Rams as well. Um, I I just think the Rams are a better overall football team. I think they're built for this moment. I think they're they're constructed for this. Uh, they're constructed defensively to be a really stout defensive team, offensively to put up points. Um, they're well coached. They're full of experience, but they're also full of young guys. They have this great mix of of young talent, but just such a dominant, dominant veteran presence. And again, you've got—I mean, their quarterback played twelve seasons. Uh, Von Miller, a Super Bowl MVP. Your coach has been there. Your best player has been there. Uh, I mean, they're just all over the field playmakers. I, I just think the Rams are better. Now, to your point. When you have a team like this, a.k.a. you look back on the 2012-2013 Ravens, you go back on the two times that the Giants won the Super Bowl against New England, you're, you're talking about it. Those are teams that came in on a wave that just it just seemed like they couldn't be stopped. I mean, not that long ago, the Eagles won a Super Bowl, and they did it on that exact reason. I mean, they, they and on paper, the, the Patriots just – had the Eagles beat and it was a backup quarterback, but it just didn't matter. There was a confidence. There was a moxie that came in that really just couldn't be measured. And and the locker room and the team reflected that they were so well coached, all those teams. And I think the the Bengals have this similar vibe, but 
in my good conscience, I can't pick against the Rams at this point with what they've been capable of, what they've shown. They were able to slay a demon in beating the 49ers after losing six in a row. You go down to Tampa, and you you beat the defending Super Bowl champs. Uh, I mean, this team is is built for this moment, and that's why I think when you stack it all against each other, I think the Bengals are going to be a good team for years to come, but I think the Rams' time is now. I'll take the Rams. I think a score of like 28 to 24 is probably where I'd sit. I, I like the 31-27 idea, but I, like I said, I, I think this is going to be a four or five-point game, maybe even a three-point game, uh, but man, it's going to be so fun, Shawnee. It's just going to be so much fun, and this entire year has been so wacky. I mean, it has been so wacky on every level. Um, Storylines just everywhere and the Bengals just encapsulate just everything you love about football and the Rams are just they've just been the most fun team to watch so to me while this Super Bowl I don't think invokes as much emotion as past Super Bowls have right how many times you watch Tom Brady and you just you want to see him get another ring or you know you 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 see the Eagles and they're the underdog story and uh, you just go along the line and, and the, the, the dynasty that the Seahawks are building up. Those storylines are kind of out of the way now, and this new chapter of the NFL is kind of taking center stage, and that's the young team in the, in the in the Bengals and a team that's just gone all in like the Rams have. So, so much fun. Uh, I'm so, so excited. Shawnee, do you have menu uh, menu items set up? What is your Sunday setup going to look like? I mean, what, what are we talking about for Super Bowl Sunday here? I believe my girlfriend and I are making brunch Super Bowl Sunday morning slash early afternoon. We're going to do uh, shrimp and Gouda grits with mimosas. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it sounds good. We'll see how it turns that out, though, because I, I don't have full confidence. I have confidence um, in her. I have then, zero confidence in you. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, although, I, she will admit that I am the better cook. Wow. So, so we will see. We will see. I will. Uh, maybe I'll take a picture. Uh, maybe save you some. You can do a taste uh, taste. Whatever taste test, whatever the hell that's Fair called. Enough. I um, I think I think we're just gonna do like the regular, maybe some alcohol, some uh, buffalo chips dip. Yeah, that's fun stuff. What about you? What are you doing for the game? You going over to your parents? Yeah, going up to Percival. Uh, me and the wife. My brother's birthday is on the fourteenth, the day after, so we're gonna celebrate on that Sunday. We'll, we'll have a couple people up. We're just. I think my mom is just gonna order ungodly amounts of pizza and, and good stuff. So <laughs> we're we're gonna make it a, a big situation and. It's going to be full of all the good stuff. I think the buffalo chicken dip is probably the most necessary thing in a Super Bowl party, right? I mean, honestly, and that's another food, and this is another podcast. I mean, this is a book I could write. (laughs) Uh, I I want us one one of these days as people. Like, I think we need to put our differences aside, you know, whether it's politics, whether it's religion, whether it's whatever it is. We need to join hands and find a way to make buffalo chicken dip a meal. Like, I, I need it to not be a dip that I just have six chips at at a party. If you gave me a buffalo chicken dip bowl and just said, dude, I have a big bag of tortilla chips. This is your dinner. I'd be like, sweet. Like, let's, let's do this. Like, make it a meal, please. Like, we need – there's certain things in this world that we limit to, like, finger foods. I'm, like, the, the you go to, like, a nice – you know, look at me going on. For God's sakes, this podcast go on forever if I get onto this topic. But you know, you go to this this beautiful uh, you know spread at like a party, and you got the the little meatballs on the uh, on the toothpicks. Whoa! Why haven't I ever come home from work and said, "Hey, babe, we're just gonna have a big gigantic platter of meatballs with toothpicks in them, and just have that for dinner," or just meatballs? Like I just why? 
Why have we done that? Why do we have to have it with something else? Why? Man. Anyway, Buffalo final, chicken dip. I, I do have a final question for you. Please. All right, coin toss. If you were a captain, heads or tails? Mm. Tails. Tails never fails. That's how <laughs> it was in Madden. Tails never fails. Amen. Yep. Oh, is that you That's too? That's how it goes. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Tails Fantastic. all the way. Well, Although I do think that when we beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl, the Patriots, they did pick heads, I think. Mm. Ah, I think it was heads. I, I will have to check. So, so maybe you got to pick heads every it, now and then. Maybe you do. Ah, maybe you do. It is, it is a 50 You know the good thing, Connor? Tell me. You know the good thing? All the articles, all the talking on radio and TV about this, all the stupid predictions and the people, oh, I, I simulated the game in Madden and it looks like the Bengals are going to win 27 to 300. I, all that stuff is done at 630 on Sunday, Connor. Yep, because it's just football time, it baby. It is done. It's just football time. It's just time. the game. So I'm not interested in ads. I'm not interested in anything else. The halftime show should be kind of fun. Uh, it's football time. It's football time. I'm, I'm just everything else can go away forever it's football time baby and uh sunday is the pinnacle and just like that man monday morning we wake up and it's a celebration for either los angeles or cincinnati but for the rest of us baby as bill belichick says we're on to next season we're on to cincinnati <laughs> we're on to the next <laughs> season you go. so it's gonna be great but everybody thank you so much for tuning in if you made it this far again i owe you money at this point but i think that should be a nice little synopsis and uh, we'll be back next week and uh, we'll we'll recap everything Super Bowl, and we'll we're gonna get into the off season again. We'll get into the draft. We'll get into all the good stuff. We'll have guests on. But I really thought as the season progressed that we we were we had so many great guests, and we're gonna get a lot more of those guests on. Like again, um, over over the course of uh, the off season. But I really just enjoy talking football with Sean, and I enjoy uh, just bantering back and forth in, in our weekly reviews and, and things like that and as life has gotten pretty busy in the last few months i've just enjoyed this setup and i've enjoyed this aspect of it and we're going to get our guests back on i know a lot of people enjoy having our guests on um, and i was thinking about having uh you know one of my colleagues a fan sided who write for the Bengals and the rams come on the podcast but i was like you know what we're just gonna have fun here and i'm gonna chat it up with sean so next nfl season starts next week but for now just enjoy the super bowl folks enjoy it get yourself something nice uh, but thank you so much for tuning in. Shawnee, thank you so much for joining us on this Thursday night. You will get this episode on Friday if you're listening. But thank you for joining us, Shawnee. Um, enjoy your Super Bowl, my friend. I will. You too. And we will be back next week. And for all of you, thank you so much again for tuning in. Continue to like, continue to subscribe, leave that five-star review. Tell a friend, follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, at Further Review Pod. We're going to get our Super Bowl predictions out so you guys can make some picks and your bowl predictions as well. We'll put, we'll put that out there so we will be interacting with you from there. But for now, we will see you guys later. Enjoy the Super Bowl. And as always, I will catch you guys on the other side.